Hello listeners. I'm Ray Carter. And I'm Olivia Franklin. And thanks for tuning in to Normal Conversations. With this podcast, we wanted to offer a space for a free-flowing conversation about all things to do with the normal festival of the brain themes for this year, growing versus knowing, power and touch. Every other week, you can listen to a conversation, usually between two people, speak about the themes represented by their own stories, experiences, enlightenments, dreams, knowledge, and everything else. We're hoping these conversations or snippets of longer conversations help you to engage with the festival on your own terms and at any time. If you're new to normal, you can find out everything you need to know about the festival, as well as what you're going to, at www.normalfest.co UK. Everything is online for this month. We wanted to start this to try and stay connected, creative and hopeful in ourselves and to help you do the same as well. Platforming other people's conversations and voices helps create space in our heads to explore our own thoughts and feelings and to find our places in this difficult world. We feel like an important part of surviving is taking a focused, active stance in listening and engaging with the conversations happening in our time, to go on to share these with the world and to provoke more conversation from them. Listening to conversations like these can offer part escapism, part storytelling, part something to listen to outside of your own life, or part something to listen to that might be strangely relatable or comforting. You may think about it, learn from it, nod at it, be open to it, pay attention to it, or fall asleep to it, whatever it is, we hope you stay with us for the next six months of Normal Festival. First up, we have a conversation between Diane Dever and Lois Holtzman. Diane is the director of Folks and Fringe, one of the leading folks and arts and culture organisations, playing on events and festivals throughout the Folks and Triennial and around it, as well as being one of the festival co-curators. Leading up to the launch of Normal 2020 on the 10th of October, she met with Lois Holtzman on Zoom to do a very short recording for one of our events. But the conversation flowed and so we thought it would be good to put it out as our first conversation. Lois Holtzman is the author of The Overweight Brain and co-founder of the Eastside Institute, the NYC-based home of social therapeutics. She is also the founder and lead of Performing the World, a growing movement of global performance activists It's a truly lovely introduction to finding out more about what the knowing versus growing brain is, which helped inform and shape the foundations of the festival this year. On the Zoom. Well, I've just... You try both, I guess you... Yeah, I've just hit recording. So we're (laughs) recording now, so that should be fine. I've never done this before, Lois, so bear with me but I'm sure it can't be that difficult. <laughs> no, you just hit record. Yeah, and then I'm gonna record us on my phone as well. Um, Great. So, so we're covering both ends. Apparently it's coming up as the Prince of Persia for some reason, I don't quite know why that is. But Prince of Persia too, oh, that's to do with the geolocation. Okay, so we're so excited <clears throat> that you're part of this, Lois. Um, and I remember when Susanna first came back from New York and um, she was talking to me about, about your work and her experience there. And it's been very inspirational um, oh, for her and, and as a result 
also for us here in Folkestone. And it's just so great the way space actually in time is, is quite short and, and small. Um, the way ideas can kind of, you know, travel and, um, Absolutely. and multiply. And so, yeah, it's having, it's having, your ideas are having a great impact here locally for us. And, you know, that's, it's really joyous. So, so thank, thank you. Thank you so much. I, I do hope someday to come and, and be in person and witness and see everything that you're doing. Yeah. Well, we nearly got there this year, but, um, but we'll just have to be slightly more patient, won't we? Yes. And they say patience is a virtue. So, you know. There we are. We'll be virtuous. <laughs> so the first thing um, I'd like you to, to do really is just to sort of say hello to Folkestone and, and say hello to the world, because this will be online at some point. And then um, if you could just introduce yourself, Lois. Sure. Okay. Well, hello, Folkestone, hello world, hello everybody out there uh, listening. It's just a complete pleasure to be able to speak with you. Um, I'm Lois Holzman. I am co-founder and director of an independent NGO, I guess is the best way to say it, a nonprofit organization that's headquartered in New York City, um, but is worldwide. And what we do is... um, we bring together people uh, to uh, study and learn and practice and get support from each other in a new kind of uh, approach to human life. Let's say uh, the best way to put it is that that believes that people are creators of our culture and that we are performers of our lives. We create our own development and the development of our communities rather than it being something internal that just unfolds. And um, we call our work social therapeutics and performance activism. That's fantastic, Lois. And um, as I was just saying to Lois, I've been fortunate enough through Susanna Howard, um, my fellow co-curator of the Normal Question Mark Festival of the Brain to be introduced to the ideas um, around this theme, this sort of notion of uh, growing versus knowing brain which has become one of the central themes for our festival this year, along with power and touch. Um, and it's been a joy to, to, to sort of think around those, those ideas. And, and I just wonder if you might, um, Lois, for us, in your own words, um, describe um, what non-knowing growing is. Sure. Well, I think that the pain people are in, certainly at this current time of the pandemic, um, the pain, the isolation, the self-doubt, all the emotions that um, keep us stuck have a lot to do, obviously, with the world condition, with our upbringing, with the communities we live in, with poverty, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they also have to do with how we understand ourselves and how we understand the world. And what's the lens? What are the glasses we wear when we are um, going about our business and um, feeling terrible and feeling good? Um, and, and, And the lens we have that we have inherited and continue to perpetuate is a lens that you have to know. You have to know where it came from, you have to know what's going on. 
You have to know if your plans are going to work. You have to know if this person loves you. You have to know everything. And we cannot. We cannot. And uh, not only can't we know everything, but the belief that we can know and the tools we use to know, putting things in categories, it's either this or it's that. Um, I inherited this or it's my environment, on and on. All these either ors is a way that we have been socialized to know. And that keeps us from continuing to grow, continuing to learn, continuing to create our lives in a way that is more compatible and might create more hope and happiness. So I call that non-knowing growing because I want to get knowing out of the way. It doesn't mean I don't think we know things. It's not the things that we know, but it's the approach to life, it, the paradigm, if you will, that how what human beings are as knowers. Yeah, that's um. It, it, I mean, it's it's really great to hear that direct from you, and um, I think you're completely spot on. This sort of drive for. The, the only the only way you can be present in the world is if you know all these things or you can prove that you know all of these things is such a limiting force because often you're just left feeling pretty rubbish <laughs> right yes yeah, i like that pretty rubbish that's that's good <laughs> and and i really enjoyed what you said about even you know bringing it to down to love that we need to know that someone loves us it's such a sort of torturous thing actually at times isn't it um yeah. Yes. And and lately I've been thinking, I've, I think for obvious reasons, the uncertainty in the world, the pandemic, is COVID going to be cured or not? Can, you know, let's open up. No, we have to lock down again. I know that's happening in your country as well. Um, what I've been thinking about is something that I did write about in, in The Overweight Brain, which is the unknown, what people call the unknown. And I'm urging people to go further. Uh, and and because unknown often implies that it is somehow knowable. We just don't know it yet. We, somehow we're going to know the cause of COVID. Well, we, we might never. We're going to know that we can go back to school. We can know that we can go in our offices. We don't know it yet, but we will. Um, and I think we should embrace unknowability. That you cannot know what's going to happen tomorrow. It's just not knowable until it happens. And then it happens and you say, you might say, oh, I knew that would happen, <laughs> but you're fooling yourself. Um, and so I, I just, I mean, embracing unknowability, and one of the best ways I know how to do that is to play. People playing together, people creating new ways to see and new ways to feel that happens through play and performance. Yeah, it's an extraordinary idea. I mean, the creative process and the, 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 the things that artists or performers go through to get out of themselves and to move away from the fear is such a sort of, once you're in that groove, is such an extraordinary place to be. And it shouldn't just be for the domain of artists or performers. You know, it's a, um, this is a, 
a kind of it's a human thing actually yes we are all capable of it and my work and and the work of many people who we call performance activists around the world shows that anybody can do it and it's just like that it's it's not difficult to get a group of people to p pretend or perform without a stage you just open the you're in a room and you say here's the stage and you point to part of the of the room and um you know it's it's the performers on the artists and it's and it's the very little children yeah yeah all you have to do is watch a little child and 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 you'll see the the beauty of the imagination come forth yeah um so I know that you've been very busy um, working at a community level. I know you are busy always working at a community level, but um, particularly at the moment, um, as people are going through difficult times and using your practices to um, really allow people to express themselves and to sort of think through what, what's happening at the moment. Did you want to say a little bit about some of the detail of that for us? Sure. Um, the the Institute has always, um, well, as long as online virtual um, spaces have been possible, we've always done that because we're an international uh, organization and work with people from all the continents and uh, from villages to big, big cities. Um, but when the pandemic hit, um, we just, we didn't pivot because we were there, but we created so many more platforms and got to um, experiment holding free play sessions for anyone in the world, right? And people's response to being in a Zoom room <laughs> with 20 other people, let's say, or 100 other people and creating through improvisation and other games, new kinds of conversations and just fun said was a lifesaver for them because it, it to go back to what you're saying about fear, um, connection. Mm -hmm. So what we're learning is the, the value of the irony, the value of we are separate and we're in our little homes and yet we're, we can be connected to others at such a greater rate than we ever were before the pandemic hit. Um, and we're learning all kinds of fancy things you can do with Zoom and breakout rooms and all kinds of um, wonderful things to connect people. And so we're continuing to expand. We have uh, something called the Global Play Brigade, which is hundreds of people around the world who have some skill in improvisation or music or whatever kind of art there is offering in their countries cross-cultural free play sessions. Um, it's just a marvelous thing trying to bring play to everybody. And the challenge, of course, is to bring it to people who don't have connection, um, internet connection, but we are, we're learning. Um, our international class brings together 10 to 15 people, innovators from around the world to work together for nine months and creating um, their practices and their projects and to build their group together through play and performance. Just two of the many, many things. We have a lot of work in mental health, mm -hmm. um, uh, a very unique kind of therapeutic practice, a group practice that 
helps people, whatever their presenting problem, whatever their diagnosis, to grow and develop new emotional responses that can live side by side the ones they already have and how powerful that is. Yeah, this is these are the things you're saying to me are really making me think about resilience and um, how how through things like play you you are enabling yourself to um, yeah kind of I'm, I'm I'm sort of my body's kind of you know it makes me want to sort of stand taller and th these ideas um, and and that's a that's a sort of beautiful thing to be imagining happening in many different places across cultures um, and of course play is universal isn't it it's um, and and in a way words are you know are, are not so necessary um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like you say you said before it's the imagination and that's a wonderful um, reservoir to, to 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 draw from isn't it Yes. I mean, you're, what you're saying makes me, um, makes me think of the, um, the experience you have as a, as a baby when you learn to, when you stop crawling and you start walking and where you are dancing in front of the telly or something. And what the, the experience has to be, I did it. Oh my God, I did it. Right. And that's what play and performance brings to adults. Like we just had a session yesterday where we did this particular exercise, um, improv exercise. And then we said, what was that like? And someone said, it was, in, we did the impossible. Mm -hmm. And that, that the joy and the confidence that comes from doing something that not only did you never imagine, but when someone said, why don't we try this? You, you thought it's impossible. I can't do that. So the experience of I did it is very, very empowering. Yeah, completely. And just to sort of touch on the journey, normal question mark festival the brain has been on over the last five years now is exactly what you're talking about. You know, the invitation to cross the threshold which may initially be very difficult because it's an environment you're not familiar with, a theatre space or, um, you know, a sort of workshop environment or, and, and, and this, you know, the encouragement, Susanna and Cheryl, myself, we say we bring them in one by one, you know, where you, you really do coax the people that you come across and, you know, five years on, you're sort of surrounded by hundreds of people all doing the thing that they want to do. And each time they do something that they didn't think they could do, then they can do the next thing even, you know, but, but it's an yes. iterative process, isn't it? And, and actually, so then when you look back, the journey is quite impressive that, that we've all, you know, individually that people go on. And yeah, the word empowering is, is, is really key there. Um, and, and so, yes, your idea of growing um, yeah, it, it sort of does yeah. a full circle on it, doesn't it? One of the things I, I wanted to ask you was, given this, sort of, the, the way one needs to sort of be present or or or, or kind of embody themselves in in the, the, the you know fellow humans. I'm not really getting this out quite but quite well. But what do we need to do to hear each to hear each other to mm. really hear each other? That is probably the biggest question um, of the day. Uh, 
not only people who disagree, but I would say even a, a teacher or a therapist. Um, what is what do you need to do to hear? This is going to sound crazy. Okay. <laughs> I think we have to listen for nothing. Meaning, most of the time we're, we, we are listening to see whether we agree or disagree. We are listening patiently to get our turn to talk. Um, if we're a teacher, we're listening for the right answer and in an evaluative sense. Mm -hmm. Is this a smart kid or not a smart kid? Does the kid know how to, you know, this history, part of history or not? If we're a therapist or a doctor, we're listening for symptoms so we can make a diagnosis. What is it like? Can we listen with no, for no reason other than to be present with the person? Can we listen? The word that we've been using lately is activistically. Well, can, can we listen in order to build the conversation, build the relationship? Can we listen to create something together with the other person or the other persons? Now that's um, an amazing challenge. Um, yes. <laughs> but for humanity, but... Um, something that practitionally we can all take steps to do. Absolutely, absolutely. I guess it is about practice as well, isn't it? Yeah, you got to practice it. Yeah, you got to perform curiosity. <laughs> wow, perform curiosity. That's another great yeah. um, combination of words. Um, yeah. I, I am, is there anything else that you would like to say, Lois, that I haven't um, allowed you to touch on? Oh, my goodness. I think you and I could talk for a few hours. Um, and uh, I just so appreciate the the opportunity. It's a privilege to be able to participate in, in the festival that you're doing. And um, I just hope this, I don't know, I hope this gets people who are listening to think about, oh, I never thought about it that way. That's the joy of my life. I never thought about it that way. Um, and then they can see where that takes them. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, tomorrow we have a, an event called uh, Speaker's Corner. I'm sure you're familiar with the idea of Speaker's Corner in Hyde Park in London, where anyone can get up and say whatever they want to. And that, um, there is, you know, that, that space is, is mm -hmm. equal. And so we're, we're doing a mini version um, tomorrow as part of the launch of the festival. And um, some, of, some of our normal community have been, you know, practicing what they're going to get up and say. Oh. I'm really, really looking forward to that. And of course, the job of the audience is to, you know, to listen with hearts, with open hearts and uh, non-judgmental. Right, and to appreciate, to, sh to perform appreciation, great appreciation. Um, I so appreciate your wonderful questions. Oh, thank you. Um, so I really much. do. And and I really appreciate you taking the time out. And um, we'll be recording. I think we're transmitting. I should know this. But I can't hold it all in my head at the moment. But I think we're 
we're broadcasting that live so and we'll record it because it's probably not the right time for you although it's oh yeah i think you're it's night time for you but we'll um, definitely share that with you and thank you i would love i will definitely listen yes you'll get a sense of of, of the people around us which um, yes is, is very joyous wonderful thank okay. you so much no, thank you, Lois, and um, sending you lots and lots of love uh, across the pond, as we say. Yes, across the pond, back to you. Okay. Thank you, and Susanna, and everybody. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. so much to Diane Dever and Lewis Holtzman there. What did it spark in you? Okay, so what did it spark in me? Um, it sparked in me, not only did it allow for the growing versus the knowing brain and the meaning of that to become and feel totally digestible, um, and I advise everyone to take the 20 minutes to listen to it if you're also feeling a bit confused about the meaning um, and personally um, I feel like it sparked a weirdly strong sense of hope for myself um, I think it's difficult within these times to feel like you have any sense of agency in planning or situational scenarios um, where you are who you can see where you can go what your future looks like um, and it just validated the way that I'm feeling um, and made me feel like that was okay and and how can I use the things around me to understand it um, and what can I do for my immediate surroundings to help channel the way I'm thinking which is a little bit up and down as I'm sure everybody else is feeling similar um, in the way that I can channel to make it not so scarily perceived I'm guessing um, and through that it made me definitely feel more grounded and trusting of myself um, and within that it made the future, my future, feel more certain and close. Um, yeah, what did it make you think? What did it spark in you, Ray? I feel like for me, it really opened up my understanding of the knowing versus growing theme of the festival, which is something I didn't have that much of a grasp on before. And then just hearing them speak about it sort of really connected me to things that I had already been thinking and that I had already been sort of turning over in my mind. But hearing it sort of spoken about really fluently and really, uh, like, in a really knowledgeable way outside of myself kind of was really exciting. I think it sparked those connections for me. So going forward, in setting off our conversation series, we'd love to hear what it might have sparked in you as well. As well as hear from you if you might be interested in sharing your own conversation.
just email normal at livingwords.org.uk, which we'll be sure to put in the episode description. We're all ears. Whether you have a comment about what you just heard, an idea that sprouted from listening, if you have a conversation you'd like to hear, or a conversation to submit related to the festival in any way, please, please get in touch. Many thanks to the wonderful Anil Sebastian for letting us feature his music. The track that's used in this episode is a really long one, and hopefully we'll hear it grow and develop as the conversations in the series continue. Make sure to check out his awesome work and portfolio at anilsebastian.com, which we'll also link in the episode description. We'll be back with our next conversation very soon. Stay tuned on social media, subscribe to Normal Conversations on your app of choice, or check the Normal Fest website to know when the next one's coming up. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.